Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Daft Souls podcast, a brand new games podcast with me, Matt Lees, joined by a veritable selection of the best people in the UK games media scene. Today, However, I'm joined by... Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you! Wow. I'm joined tonight by Gavin Murphy. Unfortunately, none of those people could arrive. So we have Gavin Murphy. We couldn't make it. It's terrible. And uh, Quentin Smith. Hello! Uh, but yeah, we're going to mix it up every week. We've also got on the roster the amazing John Blythe, uh, the inimitable Stephen Hogarty, and Joe Scrabbles, who you probably haven't heard of, but he's bloody brilliant. Um, and yes... So anyway, without further ado, it's a new games podcast. It's going to be about an hour long. It's going to be out once every two weeks. And yeah, what have you guys been playing? What have you been playing, Gav? Today... Uh, this is a safe space. You can tell us. <laughs> <laughs> I've been going back through Tearaway um, again for like the third time uh, because I just fucking love that game. Like the Vita... I really fell in love with my Vita. Like, it was like, I got it bought. I didn't even know I was getting it bought for me. Like, my mum and my sister were, were like, oh, he hasn't got a Vita. Let's buy him one. And bought me one. So on Christmas Day, I was like like the Nintendo 64 kid, like, on YouTube. I was just like, what? <laughs> Why have you bought me? I was really weighing so up much. a Vita. But I kind of felt like I was on the verge, in that moment of, you know really on the verge of infidelity and being yeah. like, oh, I'm just going to get Vita. Yeah. And then at the last minute before I went off with this sexy, <clears throat> sexy little model, I, I realised how much I loved my 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> and I just started playing Bravely Default. Yeah. And because it's it JRPG, really I haven't finished it and yeah. I probably never will. So I'll never get a Vita. Yeah, you should. Like, SteamWorld Dig has just come on it. But in fairness, if you've got 3DS, you can get SteamWorld Dig on 3DS as what well. What you but... can't get on 3DS is Gravity Rush. And there's, yes. a, there's a hell of a thing. And that's <laughs> free as well, because it's, it's part of the, the PlayStation Plus thing is fucking ridiculous as well. If you've got PlayStation Plus, you pretty much don't need to buy games yeah. for the Vita. I'm going to start doing that. Because yeah. I don't really get games for free anymore. Yeah. Oh, privilege. Uh, but obviously, <laughs> you know, I, I, I did used to get a lot of games for free, and now I don't really anymore, mainly because I don't really bother contacting PRs. It's a lot of admin, basically. Basically, if you're just one person to be emailing people all the time, can I have this game? Oh, especially because then they'll say, "Well, can you write about this game?" And I'll go, "Nah, it looks really boring." Yeah. My relationships with them isn't going to last very long, so I just can't be bothered maintaining them. You're yeah. living free now, though. You can buy whatever you want. I can, and I can spend my time doing whatever I want, largely as long as I'm making something. But not God's playing sake. Gravity Rush on the Vita, you yeah, can't, you do, can't that. do that. Not allowed. No. I've have been, you have you had a play with it? You're aware of the sort of basics. How you just you point the Vita. Have you, yeah, have you actually have you had a go on? Because I hadn't really had a go on it until I got given. I got, um, I got one. I think I had a hold of the original Vita. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, don't get the new one. Get the original. Get the original. Don't get the new one. Yeah, we see. I want to buy one of the original ones. I'm waiting for that sweet spot because I did that. I did it wrong with the PSP. Right. I remember like getting the PSP. 3000 version and it wasn't as good I think it was called that they gave it a stupid name the Andre 3000 sponsored one picture of it every time it like opened up so are you trying to do the sort of like the door is closing and you slide under it at the last possible second when everything's cheap but still exciting yeah I mean it's like the Dreamcast strategy isn't it I'll probably do that with the, with the Wii U at some point as well I'll just Dreamcast it oh I'll tell you what I bought a Wii U for Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate yeah. it is my, it's my Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate box and I don't regret it £250 for that game alone and I'm I do love that, that game. I played it a lot on the 
the 3DS. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I could have just bought it on the 3DS, but I, I it's not as good. It's not as good. No, no, yeah. you need to see how bad those textures are on a yeah. big screen. <laughs> it's really very important. It's just fiddly to play as well, though. I mean, it's not fiddly. It's not. Fiddly. Mm. No, no, it's on the 3DS. Oh right, yeah. Because you okay. don't have two dual analog sticks. Mm. Okay. And I did buy the Circle Pad Pro. It's the most ugly thing I've ever seen. It's in my horrible. Life. Yeah. <laughs> what's um, the wait? What's this? Circle Pad Circle Pro. Pad it's Pro. like a giant pair of plastic that adds a second analog stick to the 3DS. No, why would you do? That's like you're not familiar. It's, it's like it's like giving it. That sounds like giving it your child braces or something. It like, is. This is good for you, but no. I mean, it's the original horrible. 3DS is already quite ugly, so mm. it doesn't make it. No, it does. It makes I've got. It it's <laughs> I've got an XL, and I've got the Circle Pad Pro XL as well, which is <laughs> the most ridiculous thing ever. Because like, oh, we're going to release a 3DS XL. Oh, you must be putting a second analog stick. No, I'm not going to bother. But we have got this giant <laughs> plastic. You I'm can say at the end. That's the second that one. Even fit in your bag. Yeah, it doesn't. It's mad. Because like the, the 3DS XL is like a weird bit of gear. I yeah. love mine. It's almost pocket size, but not really. It won't fit in your size. pocket. But yeah, it's, it's not. I've got big pockets. It's the same size of a book or or an e-book reader. So yeah. if you carry books around like I do, then it's fine. Nerd, you're, you're no, you're. <laughs> How you read books? I, I'm not a nerd. I just carry books and a 3ds in a satchel with me. To be honest, half the time Quinton looks like he's about to rob a bank or on the way back from robbing a bank <laughs> because yeah. he just turns up like. Because obviously, like um, for those of you who don't know, Quinton uh, runs a website called Shut Up and Sit Down that I also work with. And a lot of time we meet up, he arrives with a big bag of board games for us all to check out and review. Now, the pe people who've played GTA Five will be aware that when you do heist missions, you have these big black gym duffel bags. Yeah, that's what I own. I own one of those, and it's full Please of. Please say games. it's GTA branded as well. It's not. It's, no, it's it's entirely dark, and you think it, it does actually look. It feels cool to walk around London with that because it's big and it's heavy. You do look dangerous because it's full as well. It comes with this big bag. I'm like, it's clearly yeah. got weight to it. You're like, what's he got in and there? And you open it, it's full of plastic goblins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. My beard's too big that I don't think I'd be able to have a tube with yeah, that bag, get... to be honest. That's no, it. That oh, random be... search. Random yeah. search of Brixton. <laughs> yeah, surprise, surprise. Um, but yeah, see, I went back to Steam World Dig as well, which uh, took That's a good game. That's it, a took, game. it took over my life on 3DS, and then I got sent a code for it for Vita, and I was like, I'm not going to download that. Download it instantly. Started playing it instantly. Now I'm back into that. It's funny because it's so easy. Like, yeah. it's, it's a weird one because I'm so used to platformers sort of like they, they're harder and they're harder and it's slow Steam World sort of goes no I've got this content and you're going to go through it pretty fast yeah. and you're going to finish me in five hours and you're going to have a great time and that's refreshing yeah yeah I played through it on PC and I enjoyed it but I, I did <clears> kind of feel like when I realised it was also either available or going to be available on every handheld device under yeah, the sun yeah. I was like oh, I wish I'd got this on a handheld because yeah. it's definitely a lovely handheld game it's just pottering around yeah. breaking bricks collecting gems yeah it's nice. It's, yeah. it's, uh, that, that, I mean, talking about like, I, I've had a week this week in work where, like, it's, uh, people don't know me, I work for CBG, um, and uh, we were almost going to do this thing. So, Metal Gear Ground Zeroes obviously came out this week, and I was going to make it this fucking ridiculous thing about the length of it. Oh, you, you could play in 10 minutes. <laughs> All this different shit, which is it's just, as an industry. I can finish a wank in a minute. Yeah. It's not good. As an industry, I think we. I don't pay for it. We, That's a bad analogy. <laughs> Carry on. We've embarrassed ourselves this week, I think. It's just the amount of people who's going, this is our speed run we've done it in uh, 18 minutes fuck off the game like, industry embarrasses itself every week <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking basis. about um, it's true yeah. it's really annoying this week because at one point we did have the idea where we were just like oh when we record the CBG podcast we're going to try and uh, let's see if we can speed run it during the podcast and then today we were Makes just like great listing wouldn't it yeah and then, yeah, and then today we were just like because we were going to release this video as well but then we just we just thought no, like that's not what the game is about like alright yeah you can might be able to do the main part of it but I don't know, if you're the kind of arsehole who's just like, oh, I'll finish the main bit in 10 minutes. 
you're an arsehole. Well, so. I didn't want to spoil the surprise, but since we started recording the podcast, I have actually just finished a speaker <laughs> of uh, No We So Ground Zeroes. I thought I did really well to keep talking whilst doing it. Well, what do you think about like sort of uh, like length and stuff like that of games? Like, Because I was arguing with someone who reviewed it, and they were like, well, we're sort of buyer's guy doing reviews and stuff. I was like... Are you? Well, like, I mean, this is the whole thing with reviews. Oh, yeah. oh god, yeah. First episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's define our entire careers before we move on. Uh, yeah, it's weird because I do... Yeah, when I was reviewing games for 10 years, I felt like I was a buyer's guide. And I tell yeah. you what, when you ever work for a publication, or like Shut Up and Sit Down, the website you know that, that I run, it feels really good to not have to do that. It feels yeah. like the true, correct path to judge a game on its own merits and, and sort of just what it's trying to do as opposed to what your audience expects, which is a nebulous thing that you don't really know anyway. It's mm. like, and the games industry doesn't move forward as well if you're always assuming that your audience is a FIFA fan or whatever, I think. It's difficult. It depends what publication you're writing for a lot of time, I think. I mean, I guess now with the freedom I've got, I kind of try and review stuff a lot more critically and don't really think so much by his mm. guy. And that's why a lot of time, especially because I can't be asked for the review events because they're fucking bollocks. Um, <laughs> just being like, hey. We're going to lock you in a room for yeah, two days like, and you're going to have no idea whether the game was good. I've said this out. many times, but the worst example it's ever was when I was at OXM and I had to review Prototype 2 and they said, well, the, the publisher was super concerned about somebody stealing the code because obviously no Prototype 2, really big deal. <laughs> um, so I was going to, what, rob the... Yeah. Which is like, to be fair, I did try and do that, but the, the <laughs> everything they put in place made it impossible. Like, what did they? Uh, well, I mean, with this, they basically <laughs> said that they were really concerned about the code being on its own because they didn't want it to get leaked out to the internet and stuff. Because it's so underage. They, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't trust you to not think a finger yeah. through the disc. <laughs> it's fine, Gav. It's not wrong. It's just plastic. Um, but no, they actually sent a, um, a, a... God, I felt really sorry. They sent somebody from their PR agency to come, and they were like, somebody on work experience at that PR agency? Basically, they sent somebody <laughs> from the PR agency to sit in our office for two days while I reviewed it. You're kidding. No, I can't think of anything worse so this than watching girl, me play a game. This, like, she wasn't watching I'm me. so shit at playing games as well. If someone had to sit and watch it, they'd just be like, this is your job? You're meant to be good at this as a job. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, though, like she wasn't even sitting in the room with me. She just sat next door on a Blackberry all day. So I could have been in there doing anything. The guy, you could have been yeah. making copies of the DVD. You know in uh, yeah. John Carpenter's The Thing, when that guy's in the in the shed outside and yeah. they, they don't know what he's doing and then they come back and they discover he's like underground making a UFO yeah. I could have been doing that <laughs> she wouldn't have known but it meant that I had to review the game in two days because after the two days she was going to have to take the disc back and I'll tell you what Prototype 2 is not a game that you want to binge on two days well yeah. I did I played it solidly for two days and I came away thinking this is really going to get the most game. out of that yeah. I didn't and I got the impression actually as I was writing the review that I'm like Maybe this would have been more fun if I just played it for an hour here and there over a period of a month or yeah, something, or a period of a week at least. Um, but it's like, well, it's not my problem because they chose the criteria for the event. Yeah. So yeah, and when you're given a game in those like tight uh, windows, then you always assume it's better than it is, as opposed to assuming it's worse than yeah. it is. Yeah, we, that's the thing. It's it's easy to be like, well, maybe it would be more fun. But I just in the end, I was like, no, this is the setup. <clears throat> this is how I've reviewed it. This was how the people who made the game chose to have it yeah. being like observed and being experienced. So in my mind, it's like if you don't get the review right, it's it's on the publisher's yeah. head. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. You know, they choose the parameters. So if they fuck that up, 
it's on them. Just mm. on the subject, though, my favourite copy protection ever. I'm sure you guys would have seen this working on magazines, but the Chastity GameCubes back in the day. I don't know if they're still doing this, but these were game. <laughs> game oh, with the, the GameCubes which had the review copy in the GameCube, and you were sent the GameCube. Right? This one happens with 3DS uh, stuff now. Right? Yeah. Well, so the, the game. Sorry, the the GameCubes in question had steel bars welded around <laughs> them, so that you couldn't open the disc tray. <laughs> So it was like a birdcage with a GameCube inside yeah. that had been welded shut, but with holes uh, so that you yeah, can stick the wires in. This is like a dev kit, but the, the obviously the review code is like welded into this into the metal 3DS. thing, which God, is like a chassis. That is like yeah. a boss in Dark Souls. Something, so you've been welded into some yeah. part of it. Poor 3DS. Yeah. That's Poor sad. 3DS. Its only job is to play that one game and then probably burn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what happens um, to that 3DS? Should we take the metal off? No, just put in the furnace for the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think it's just a room as well like, we're in the room with the rest it's like that's why the 3DS sales are so strong <laughs> yeah. Nintendo are buying them all and burning them <laughs> well this is the I've oh, I don't know if <laughs> this is a genuine theory I don't know if Daft Souls is the place for, for rumour and speculation <laughs> however I have heard that certain game publishers will temporarily lose certain shipments of certain games consoles to artificially inflate the number of sales figures because so long as those copies leave circulation temporarily you, they ah. they vanish into the network. Is that the wire? <laughs> when, when I say this is a rumor, this is this is this is confirmed in, <laughs> in my mind. Uh, yeah, I, know. I mean, I, I actually this is kind of off the topics of games, but I know I spoke to somebody recently who basically said that um, somebody I know, a prominent pop star, had agreed to do a deal with for for a big advert and do this thing, and in return, the company would obviously pay them, but they would also buy like. About like hundred thousand copies of their album. Yeah, and so literally they just and it means then their album is number one in the charts. Mm. And those are, God knows what happens with a hundred thousand copies. I thought you could just buy charts. I thought that was well. That's how, that is how it works. It's basically, <laughs> can you, just, you buy a hundred thousand. Like, could you just buy it on Amazon or something like that? Well, no, just I like think pressing the plus button <laughs> over and over. over <laughs> mechanical. Target. I guess I don't know. I wonder if it's very much a case of them going, "Oh, we'll ship them over to you." Tap the nose. Uh, like, okay, right. I don't know, but it's enough. They physically count as sales. So it means often when you see the number one best-selling album, a lot of the time, it might not mean shit. Mm. But I found that fascinating, that it was literally like that brazen of being like, yeah, we'll, we'll help you out if you make our album number one. And usually be like, well, there's no way we can do that. It's like, well, you could buy 100,000 <laughs> wow. copies. So yeah, the world's bent. <laughs> but we were talking about reviews or something, but it's, yeah. I mean, Should what can you do? What can you do? I mean, with, with Ground Zeroes, I'm in two minds because part of me thinks, you know, it's almost like the games media now have got into a weird backwards thing where instead of having the comment they want and then experiencing the backlash, there are now games media trying to work out the backlash that is going Preemptively. to exist to games media reactions yeah. and then jumping on that bandwagon and creating the backlash against themselves. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's like insider trading for backlash. <laughs> it yeah. is. It's like you play a game and you know you know why fans are going to be going to be pissed off about it. Yeah. Well, or even sometimes you create that. We were just yeah. no. No, that's just the thing. I was arguing with someone who, like, a couple of people who who'd reviewed it because obviously, like, you know, at Future Publishing, we are in an amazing position where you know we can have like I can know six people for different six publications who reviewed something, so you can speak to them and stuff before. But arguing with someone who one is just like you're going to get like a good twelve hours out of it. It's completely worth it. It's a brilliant, brilliant game. Then arguing with someone who's just like no, it's too short. Uh, like if I paid like thirty quid for this, I'd be pissed off. Is and it thirty pounds? Apparently, yeah. But you can get it. I mean, you, I saw it on like Shop Two or something for like twenty three quid uh, and someone's like well if it, if it was 20 quid I would have given her you know this score but because it's 30 quid I would have given her this score and I was like oh, I don't yeah. necessarily agree with that 
that because I just think I don't care. Like if I want to play something, I don't really care how much it's going to be. I'm just going to pay for it. Like, I don't know. Do you have to review it for poor people? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, uh, we did mention Star Trek. I'm very poor. By the way. Way. <laughs> His new podcast, <laughs> a gaming savant. <laughs> Um, no, I mean I'm I'm really, really poor, but like at the same time, like if I really want to play something, I don't really care much. I cost. kind of feel like it. my feeling with this one is it's a bit exploitative of fans because Metal Gear is a series that used to be incredible and maybe will be incredible I like again. It, I think I love it. Like I I, I, I think you've, think you've chosen well. your word badly there because Metal Gear Solid Four is one of the most incredible games I've played. Really, really, but, yeah. but I I don't know if I'd call it a good game, but it's incredible as a experience. As a, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you don't enjoy it. It's like a. It's like no, a. No, no, I, enjoy, I definitely. <laughs> well, enjoyed yeah, it. I enjoyed parts of it. My feelings are complicated. Uh, yeah, yeah, to be honest, I didn't get that far with it. I played it for a few hours, and my feelings were complicated. It was interesting. But yeah. I don't know. I just feel like I, would, I know that they they do a roaring trade with uh, with like you know toys and posters and merch and stuff. Yeah. And I kind of feel like I don't know. And also I'm also it's a combination of that in terms of them going. Are they sort of knowing that because just because people will pay thirty quid for it that they can get away with it? Well, there is a, there's a there's a strong. I don't think they're trying to get away with anything. I don't I don't I don't think it's as cynical as that. Like the, I think it was like the Polygon review, like really really wide of the mark. The Polygon review is just like oh like it's a very cynical release. I don't think it is. I don't. I don't, I don't think there's that. Me, there's that. I'm thing not sure Fox it. Productions can do. A, sorry, Kojima Productions can do a cynical release. Yeah. I think they could do ones that are like poorly timed or sort of inexpertly. Having said that, isn't yeah. it? Like, Kojima just bloody left. No, he's no. It wasn't no. Kojima. No, yeah, was it something else? No, it was Timothy. Uh, that's the guy who made Castlevania and stuff. Cut oh, it out! Cut, Cut it out! Cut yeah. out! No, <laughs> but uh, it's the whole um, the whole thing about. Um, length of the game though especially with this is especially replay value because there was a game I played l maybe at the start of this year called Consortium okay. oh yeah I played that yeah and I, I, I mean there was lots of things really really heavily wrong with it hmm. which was a shame because it had a cool idea but so much of that game's value was hinged on replay value well, playing it again doing differently and this I, is yeah. a bit of a weird Damn. one do you want to explain it to the people at home yeah, well, okay, yes, really I've never heard of it yeah. basically Consortium the way it works is that you are you are literally controlling another human being and obviously that's the nature of most video games but in this one it was aware of it so the idea was that you had used the software you'd used was not a video game it was a software that let you log into a satellite and this satellite would let you control a human in another period of time in the future in another universe right and the idea that you playing as this man you the graphics quite simple yeah and the, that was explained as just being a visual representation of what he's seeing which I thought was a really <laughs> yeah. clever way of yeah, getting clever. low yeah. graphics but the idea was that also it accounted for multiple realities so it was right. like if somebody else loads this up and plays it they'll be playing in a different reality right so it was all designed around the idea that around the, the kind of daft belief that this was real right and it kind of introduced it when anything you do in this game is affecting real people. These are real people you're meeting. The yep. person you're controlling is real. Yeah. And it explained itself. It even had stuff within the plot and the canon that was like, if you load a game, you're creating a splinter reality and oh, stuff. Oh, God. And it was even like you could always... There was even one of the things at one point said, you, could, you know, if it all goes wrong, you could always save the game and reload. You could load, it, load an earlier game. It's yeah. being like... But the idea that you'd be then leaving the game that you just left to their fate and... It was it was like an amazing idea. Yeah. But it kind of it was so full of bugs when it launched. And even actually after a major patch which supposedly fixed them, it was still like 
Shame. That sounds really interesting. It's fascinating. And it's a shame because the experience only lasted about three hours and it did feel a bit premature when it ended because it felt like it was, I was just warming up to it. I will just jump in here yeah. and say that people... It, it sort of takes place on what is essentially a 747 flying around the world and it's kind of a Mass Effect type thing. It's a very small area with a lot of NPCs on it. Yeah. And you are a sort of uh, day after tomorrow super soldier and this plane is essentially gets hijacked on its okay. way. So it's it again is them doing a lot with a little because mm. they only essentially make about about two dozen rooms in the whole game. Yeah. Um but then, you know, but it's actually really claustrophobic and then the thing I remember with dialogue options where cuz you cuz you had, it really drops you into this character with yeah. no idea what's going on. Someone comes into your room and says, hello, Rook, and then you realise that everyone's named after chess pieces. It's like a Doctor Who episode. It is actually a lot like a Doctor Who episode. Just sort of really low budget, very sort of... Doctor Who combined with Quantum Leap. Yeah, yes, (laughs) God, yes. What are we going to do to jump, Ziggy? (laughs) But the thing where your character, like, if a character says to you, like, "Uh, you know, how are you feeling, Rook? And you go, what is Rook? The character will go, uh, why don't you know that? Which is So it it kind of coaxed you as the player into guessing about your environment. Yeah, and I love... I love that to begin with because I was like, I've no idea what's going on. But I love the fact that you always have the opportunity at any point when people say, how are you doing? And you go, "Ah, actually, yeah, I'm not this person. I'm another person from another universe. The poor script writers having to write responses to all of those. People respond in really different ways. There's like a couple of people who believe you. But a lot of people, if you, you get to a point where like, at one point, you can keep pushing it and saying, no, 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 I'm I'm sitting at a computer in another reality yeah. and controlling this person. And this person says to you, now listen, I want you to think very carefully about what you say next. Like, who are you? Yeah. And then you're like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> just like, do I carry on and go, no, seriously. Yeah. But it's funny because it means it's a game where you are actually physically playing yourself. You're the, mm. You are the person at the computer. Yeah. And it's just, it's That's an awesome yeah. idea. Yeah. But... I don't know, maybe it's one of these it, things where with an open environment, because it is different, you say, we, as you say, we're, you're all on a plane on this, you're all on this one area, maybe with Ground Zero is having this scope of freedom to replay it and explore different physical areas. Because in this, the exploration was all about the narrative. It was like, if you play it again and do everything differently, the outcome will be vastly different. Yeah. But I just had no words to do that. And I never do. I remember in like Mass Effect and stuff, it's like, oh, you can play it again, do it differently. It's like, nah, I kind of feel with narrative, it's like I'm attached to my my decisions. Your one playthrough, yeah. yeah. I got that in Mass Effect all the time where I'd make a decision and could not go back. It's yeah. like during the suicide yeah. mission in Mass Effect 2, I was never going to replay that. And I got really angry when I found out people did. It's like you go through that. Yeah, same. You I go got through the suicide furious. mission, you make mistakes, people die. That's the entire point of yeah. the game. It's about consequence. And the fact that gamers go, oh, well, I don't want to lose anyone. No! Have you not been listening for 40 yeah. hours? People are going to die. I actually had a, an interview when I was out um, to see the guys at Bioware. And I said to them, I was like, do you not feel like you dropped the ball in Mass Effect 2 by having an achievement worth 75G that was getting everybody alive? through the, the mission at the end of two, because it means that a lot anyone who even vaguely cares about achievements will deem that to be the best way to do it, the right way to do it. Yeah. Mm. And it means that loads of people starting Mass Effect 3 will do so with all the characters having survived. So they're writing all of these things for Mass Effect 3. They're writing all of these, oh, this is what happens if this person's dead yeah. or whatever. And a lot of the people who play it, who are going to carry over their save, life, yeah. saved everyone. To be fair, yeah. the coolest missions are related to past I know, but that's what annoys me. Because yeah, it's almost right. like, I don't know. They're just sometimes, I mean, I guess the best example is Dragon Age, which is very much like, apparently Dragon Age 2 is sort of choose your own sex adventure. Um, no, Dragon Age 1 had a lot of sex, dude. No, 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 but I think in, in 2 it was like, wasn't it like they were like much more kind of 
flex sexually flexible characters. It was sort of yeah. Like, this is like my favorite thing to talk about ever. But I, I, my when I'm selling sexually flexibility. Yeah, when I when I li- literally yes, when I'm selling trying to sell pen and paper role playing games to people, I say imagine a Bioware RPG where you could have sex with anything. Yeah, not anyone, anything. In my head, I'm imagining like you when you said selling. Door to door salesman, <laughs> like knocking on the door. You matter. Your husband home. It's a tough time to shut up and sit down. Would you I'd like, like to talk to you about having sex with plants, <laughs> or or cars, whatever you like. Anything. Look. Draw your picture. Right. Are there any? Pl- is there? A, I'm trying to think if there are any plant characters in Mass Effect. No, I mean the, the blue dudes look a bit. Oh, what they call the bloody. Oh, in Farscape. The... Yeah. No, I can't remember that. Anyway. Mm. Um, yeah. It just. I kind of liked it. I liked it in Mass Effect 3 when they had the balls to have the, the lesbian character who you couldn't turn. Because that's just like, good, good. Yeah. Like to have somebody going, no, actually, sorry, mate, I'm gay. Yeah. And then not having, yeah, but if I choose the right combination of dialogue options, yeah. she'll be like, oh, all right then. As your, in my hand. as your Commander Shepard, yeah. I'll, I'll completely change my. Uh... Even though I've spent like the week defending like Ground Zeroes, like I was just thinking though, like. I only, yeah, even though I absolutely love like Metal Gear Solid 4, I only played that through the once. And I don't think I'm yeah, ever going to play My that concern game. about it though, right, is that we, and this is why I think sometimes it gets a bit blinkered, is I don't know, maybe I play it a few times and think that was good, but mm. I think we do lose sight of value. Yeah. And I think also a lot of people are going to go into a shop and see on a shelf Metal Gear. Are they going to have a, a label on it in game saying, yeah. warning, this game is, I mean, I'm assuming people behind the counters, if they know about games, will say, you do know this game's only like a couple of hours but long. But that's not a fault with the game. That's a that's just unfortunate marketing to do with Metal Gear Solid games in the past all being 40 hours and this being one hour. I guess like, so, mm-hmm. but it's like, it still feels a bit harsh because I reckon there will be people who will go, oh, a new Metal Gear Solid thing. And I mean, in a way, it's good for us though because it means people will be like, well, I'm going to fucking read reviews. <laughs> read reviews and listen to podcasts next time. Yeah, I, th- I don't know. I actually like the direction the games industry is going where, you know, now indie games are sort of getting more uh, economically viable, that we're getting really great games that are short, you know, mm. like sort of, I don't know, Gone Home, Papers, Please, two brilliant games. Yeah. I think price is the issue here, really. I mean, I think maybe 20 quid. I well, I'll tell you right. what, the most contentious thing I've had to deal with recently was when I reviewed Nidhogg because Nidhogg yeah. is, I think, 10, 15 pounds? It's too much. I'm not a Nidhogg fan. Do you not like it? I like it. I liked it, but I just like I, like I like playing it for about an hour with someone and then like in a group of people drinking. It's yeah. brilliant. Can't play by yourself. Can't play it online. You can like, play it by yourself. No, yeah. I was in like you can't it's not a fun game by oh, yourself. I kinda like fighting the I could AI, never really get online with it. Um it's not as fun. No, like, it's not. But uh, well, do you like sort of the, the all the wave of, like Towerfall or something? Yeah, like, like we play that quite a lot in the office and stuff like that. But I mean, we're obviously in a completely different bubble of other people and stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. I wasn't. A, I wasn't a huge fan of that's it. That's fun. But then, like fifteen. That's the thing. I always. I hate getting bogged down in price issues and shit like that because I just think. Really I am kind really of like, I'm like, kind of into the idea of developers well it's indie developers really like I I don't like us sort of saying that AAA games you know need to provide this many hours because mm. it makes it harder for indie devs no, to sell I, whatever I agree price they that. want I agree yeah. but then, then also I don't know I mean the thing is lots of people are saying the experience is great and but at the same time I've seen people saying yeah people saying that it's quick to complete well I've only completed like 15% of the game it's like yeah well fuck yeah. that Fuck fucking completion percentages. <laughs> yeah. I, I've had games where, like, I think I remember my worst one is the JRPG Blue Dragon, where I was like, I played it for 60 hours and realised I got, th- I got like 15 achievements out of 1,000. <laughs> like, 15 points. I was like, what the fuck? Like, and it was just like, it was like, yeah, you can, you can play this forever, but I don't want to. No. Um, 
I don't know. It's difficult. very few games that I want to play forever. Hotline Miami, maybe. Like, that's a game that I play every single Well, this week is the problem, is now I think fail. it used to be that we used to go, oh, Ender Games, please play Ender Games. But now, like, with the help of stuff like the PS4, just whacking them all on there, yeah. they're becoming so much more available and so much more known by people. Yeah. Like, it's not like you having to go, oh, you got to play this game. And they go, oh, great, sounds good. How do I do it? And you go, well, get install Steam. And they go, what's Steam? And they go, oh, yeah. you've got a PC. And they go, oh, I don't really have a PC. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> now it's like, it's three quid on Vita, mate. Go get it. Precisely. Now it's like, you've got the console, spend yeah. the money. And I, I guess the problem is, it's like, sure, people are saying, is it worth 30 quid for like, what you might only play three hours? But mm. it's like, in my mind, still in a bit of a recession here. Yeah? Mm. You know, global recession. You could buy six games for that for 30 quid. Yeah, that's fair. Point, that point, and it's yeah. like, it, I think it's, it's, it's difficult because it is, it's like, I don't like to think of it too much as a buyer's guide, but I sort of think, like, really? It's quite a lot of money. Yeah. If it had been something like 30 quid, but you get, like, 15 quid off the next Metal Gear Solid game, then that might have been, I don't know. That's a good point, actually. It's just, it's a lot of money. That is a, that's a good thing, it's but I don't think they would do that, because they're trying to make money. I know, I thing. know, and I get that, but it just feels a bit... Much. You know what? I do think that you know, like every AAA game is like really struggling right now, and I do think that this is it's maybe it's not 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 a cynical marketing like thing, like sort of just the the costs of development they're just not going to recoup it with yeah. MGS Five. No way they're going to recoup it unless they essentially sell it twice. Yeah. I think what was that which is done? exactly, by the way, what StarCraft Two did. Yeah. Because there's no way Blizzard were going to recoup those costs, so they broke StarCraft 2 into three parts and yeah. then sold it to everybody three times. Well, yeah, yeah, they did. And I, I had rumours that, yeah, oh God, yeah, they're just stupid stuff with that. They're just shifting it around to try and, try and make it make more sense. They were like, yeah. oh, it's all right, we haven't spent that much money on it. And they're going, oh, God, the clutch is <laughs> yeah. so expensive. It's funny, actually, one of the things I've been playing this week is Heroes of the Storm, which is the new Blizzard MOBA. They're being really funny about it. They're like, oh, it's not a MOBA. It's a, it's an online hero brawler. And it's like, well, <laughs> what's that, mate? It's kind of really pathetic in a way because they've been like, no, it's not it's not a MOBA. We don't like the term MOBA. It's like, no one likes the term MOBA. We're stuck with it. Yeah. I mean, for those of you not familiar, basically what happened was, this is kind of an interesting long story, but I'll tell it really shortly. Um, Warcraft 3, classic Blizzard game, really open to modding. People used to mod the fact that in Warcraft 3 you could play as a hero character, and that was part of the story was you had these heroes who were these mm. big characters with special skills, and they used to have three or four skills, and they were in the campaign. People started to use the modding to basically make little mini RPG games with the heroes, yeah. and they'd be like, oh, you just focus on just controlling one hero and going around. Then, after a while, somebody made a mod which was basically like all the heroes, but then the heroes against each other. And they started to use models from Warcraft 3 to make new heroes and invent new skills. Okay. And then that became, that was Defense of the Ancients, yeah. which became a hugely popular game to the fact that Bass Hunter made a bloody pop song about it. Although, irritatingly, he's since re-recorded that pop song with lyrics about being at a party in girls in bikinis. Really? Fucking sellout. <laughs> he wow. He should have kept it with oh, we're all playing Dota and stomping. He's completely forgotten about the fact he used to be a geek, which is a bit lame. Oh. Well, so back in the day when I was writing about uh, Bass Hunter. Know, Dota, <laughs> when, I was, when I was following around Bass Hunter on tour and we used to play a lot, no. Uh, it, the thing that I always found really interesting about um, Dota and you know the sort of the origin of the MOBA genre is all the sort of big publishers now want uh, MOBA because it's yeah. this huge massive online yeah. piece thing and yeah. yet 
fundamentally, the MOBA is not something that could have been created by a commercial game studio because no. it's such a sort of backward concept that no, it just couldn't be made. It had to develop organically out of a mod, like Counter-Strike. And it did, and that's the thing, is Dota, Dota 2 came out last year, and I only started playing it about a year mm. ago, but it's like, it's the result of nine years of public play and tweaking mm -hmm. and having That's very awesome. smart minds, Terrifying. but also yeah. people playing it constantly. And some of the some of the stuff it used to be like as well. I've got friends who've been playing it since Warcraft 3 and they're like, they just say mental things like uh, one of the favourite ones is one of the characters called Phantom Assassin. My uh, mate I play with is like, oh yeah, um, in the original Dota, like her character model wasn't visible. And I'm like, what? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, because the idea was that she was just the, like this shadow. And so in the game, she was just a shadow, which meant it was just like a slight like blotch of black on the floor Jesus. and you just wouldn't be able to see her and I was like what? Like, so you'd just be like if you weren't careful then a shadow would just creep up next to you and you'd be dead and it's like that's mental like, that's actually mental so now they've obviously crafted in something yeah. which I think is really good but it's this thing of and then League of Legends was some of the guys who made Dota went off to make League of Legends they kind of simplified it a bit um, but then they tried to use the term MOBA and that's why lots of people don't like the term MOBA because yeah, yeah. they're like no it's not MOBA it's Dota and it, it doesn't really fucking yeah. matter anymore because the thing is, it's a big thing. We need a name for it. That's the name. But what's weird about Heroes of the Storm is the fact that it uses so many, so much MOBA stuff. It's like, but it is a MOBA. I yeah, mean, <laughs> I can't believe you're buying into their branding. You're well, like, not buying. I don't understand. It. It's a, it, it is a MOBA, but they're saying they're telling me it isn't. So, well, but someone who's into MOBA games, are you frustrated when you play? Then you're just like, just call a MOBA. No, I, I embrace they, what you are. I wish they had the balls to just do more because what, okay. what they've done is they've. They've changed it a lot, and they've changed it so that basically the characters don't matter as much. Mm. Like you, basically, you know, it's got loads of Blizzard characters like Jim Raynor and dwarves. <laughs> so is it really? This is all, the, all the big names, <laughs> all the dwarves. <laughs> Sorry, no, what were you saying? Oh no, so it's really just a, it's all the popular Blizzard characters like that guy from Diablo. Diablo. Di Diablo. Is yeah. Diablo actually in it? He's actually in it. Right. What about Barbarian? Yeah, like, Barbarian. Is it? Like I just, I'm taking the piss. Now, yeah, I really. know. That, one of the characters is literally called Barbarian. It's a, it's a lady Barbarian. It sounds a lot like the champions in like League of Legends, like that kind of wave. Like, yeah, I mean, they've kind of made it. And that's the thing is, they've got the same system. So if you want to, you, every week there's like five or there's six characters in circulation that are right. free. Okay. But there's a total of like 23 characters at the moment, and it's like if you want one permanently, you can play at any point. You have to buy it. Yeah, that's what League of Legends does. That's right? what League of yeah, Legends yeah, yeah. does. Uh, and they get around some nice stuff like. But then that's the thing is it basically means you can buy a character because you like what they look like and they're not too vastly different. There are some of them that are clearly more like, yeah, if you're a skillful player, you want to play one of these ones. Okay. But right. it's not is, like, it, is it good? Is it good? It's all right. It's, okay, see, that's all you need to say. It's fine. <laughs> this is the thing. It's not very good. It's just... But the thing is... You're I obviously interested in it, though. There's obviously something about it that interests It's because he's played 1,400 hours of Dota 2. Yeah, that's I, that's pretty much it. I'm not okay. 1,000. Uh, oh, okay. No, actually, it's only about 900 at the moment. It's fine. It's oh, fine. wow, you're a, you're a part-timer. I am part-time. But uh, it's it's just odd because they've added all this crazy new shit, but they've still got, like, the towers and little men, and, and it's like, it just feels a bit messy. And it's really weird playing a Blizzard game that feels messy. Mm -hmm. That's just so weird. It's like, because every Blizzard game I've ever played has felt more finished than most games ever are. The, does it feel like having Blizzard's branding rammed down your throat, or is it actually like charming the way they've crossed No, the it's really charming the way they've done it. Because yeah. there's a bit at the start where uh, Jim Raynor is in the tutorial, and he's like the main guy of Space Marine from... Uh, 
Starcraft 2, if you don't know yeah. who he is. And Diablo turns and says, I will feast on your terror. And Jim's like, now listen, like you can't <laughs> eat terror. It's an emotion. Right? Yeah, and there's lots of yeah. like kind of back and forth taking the piss. So it's lighthearted. But sounds like something I would play the shit out of if it was on iPad. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'll give him a call. I'll give him a call. Yeah. <laughs> get it on the Vita. Get it on free the, on PlayStation Plus. On I'm, I'm going to be all over it. <laughs> it's just odd because it's like, it's good that it's there and yeah. it's good that it's out there. But it's one of these weird things where it's like, I don't know what I expected. You'd hit the nail on the head before. It's like, it's not, you can't make MOBAs. Everyone now is trying to make, make a, a MOBA, MOBA which yeah. is fundamentally at this evolutionary dead end that, like, you know what I did like was um, Deadline Champions, actually, which was, did you play that one? Which one there? There was a Swedish studio that uh, I had to review if you're a gamer. It, it, back when League of Legends was just taking off, it was a Swedish studio that made a really that had a really good idea for a MOBA, which was just team fights. It's just a team fight thing. Like literally, the most popular mode is five heroes each spawn. Like in the the big exciting thing in Dota is when the heroes stop, you know, like farming and being in lanes and all that stuff, and they actually have a fight, three v three or five v five. Bloodlines Champions, a match begins. You all run into arena and fight. Awesome. It's over in forty five seconds. You go again, and it's best of three. <laughs> That sounds fun. It's, that it, sounds amazing. Yeah, it was. It, and but yeah, those guys were sort of like you know. They tried to do that in this. Basically, have these these map objectives, and every map is different. But it's weird because it's like you start and you're doing your traditional stuff, and then it's like, oh, you've got to go and do this, and it's literally like the idea of just every everyone drops everything, and everyone <laughs> just like stop, stop it. It's it's like being the crystal maze. It's yeah, like, that was stre- that was stressed me out if I was playing there. It's just it's it's just weird, and it's like. I kind but, of felt but Dota is weird. If yeah. if anything was going to actually beat Dota or League of Legends, more importantly, at their own games, it was going to be something different, something weird. I'm glad they made it different as well because it's like I will have a go on it because it's different enough. If it was just the same, it'd be like, well, I've made my bed, thanks. But yeah. you know, it's not even personal. It's like I never understand why people who like League of Legends have a go at Dota players or vice versa. It's just like yeah. they're so similar. It doesn't matter. You just choose which one you like the most, yeah. and that's it. Done. But I think it's odd because I found well, myself more importantly, like, choose which one your friends are playing, right? Yeah, yeah. that's more important to be honest. But I, I don't know. I mean, the, I did a write up for it, and it's sort of like I didn't. I don't know. It's it's odd. It's like I kind of didn't like it that much, but I was like, hey, at least Blizzard have got the balls to get out there because it's like this is going to take years before it's good. Yeah, and like maybe people will be like, no, it's fun now, but it's like, nah, it's not that good. Can we talk about something that came out yesterday yeah, that is do amazing? It, do it. Do it. I've been playing Luftrausers. Oh, it's awesome, isn't it? It is unbelievably good. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's upsettingly good. I'm playing it on PC, and uh, yeah, for anyone who's not aware, this is a game from Vlambeer with Devolver involved yeah, yeah, somehow, yeah. Makers of Hotline Miami. Yeah. I don't know what they did. Put it out, I guess. Okay. What, uh, uh, <laughs> oh, no, Devolver, no, Devolver are the publishers of Hotline Miami. They, oh, so they They're publishers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay, so they published, yeah, they published it. So all Luftrausers is, is, um, did you play it back when it was a Flash game or anything? I, mean, I, like, never, I never played it when it was a Flash game. I wasn't even aware. Oh, no, it was, back, it, it was yeah. back in the day, I man. Yeah, when they were putting it like, for about two minutes and I didn't yeah. know how to play it and there was no one there demoing it, so uh, it was just like, I don't know Well, what there are is. three buttons, no, four buttons, so you failed as a games journalist yeah. in this in this circumstance. But it's classic, like, Devolver, uh, like, involvement. Like, the soundtrack is awesome. Like, I think that must be their involvement. You know, just gone. The, uh, I did an interview with Cactus, and he said that the Hotline Miami soundtrack being so good was because they... Because he's involved in... Um, he's just a... He is a Gothenburg hipster. No, they're okay, yeah. both in Gothenburg. But the Hotline Miami soundtrack is just his friends and people he knows from MySpace. And he pinged them all <laughs> and was like... Hey, do you want to be make a song? That's exactly yeah. what Cactus sounds like. If you and they gave him music, um, yeah. but clearly Devolver know that being hip and cool is a thing. Exactly. Yeah. All of Trousers is is you press up, you launch your sort of Luftwaffe style plane out of a submarine, you try and survive. And the reason it works is 
you can stay still, at which point you can pivot your plane and shoot really well, but you're going to get hit by the bullet hell around you. You can move, at, what point, at which point you can't hit anything, and also you're still trying to dodge bullets. But if you ever, you can only recover health when you're not shooting. So it's this, it's trying to create a blend of staying still and killing things, yeah. flying and away, away, and and not shooting, and that's just and which means the entire game Sold. is just, push your luck yeah. because it's like stay a bit longer. Yeah, exactly. Because there's a battleship below you and you're shooting, 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 and you and then you just leave it a split second too long to turn and bank away, yeah. and you explode and. Tell you what, the last week, uh, my girlfriend's been out the flat, and I haven't even noticed because I've been talking to myself so much because of uh, Luftwaffe and Dark Souls 2, which are apparently both games where I just talk to myself incessantly. <laughs> just go, no, 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 yeah, ah! And it, I had my first actual outburst today. I'm playing Dark Souls 2 really slowly, and actually it's kind of sweet because lots of people who follow me on Twitter keep saying, Oh, you'll love this this thing about this in Dark Souls 2 and tweeting links at me and I'm like, please stop it. Because like, yeah. I haven't seen any of this stuff. Someone's like, oh look, they found out what this is. I'm like, I haven't even seen that before. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um But yeah, I've basically just got to um You can you can I don't I don't think Gav cares, and I think I'm past you. Do not care. So you can just so. say it. Okay, well uh it sort of feels like oh, I'll tell you what, I won't spoil the bit because it's kind of a nice surprise, but it was after, because you know, I told you about how he's fighting the dragon rider, and you yeah. corrected me because I was like, "Oh, the dragon knight or something." You were like, "No, no, no, the dragon rider." And now I know why you were correcting me. It's because on the other side of this place is the bloody dragon lancer or dragon, dragon killer, and dragon slayer. That was an amazing touch, just because it was a callback and it scared me for that reason, which I thought was very clever. I won't go into any more detail because I don't want to spoil things. But beneath that area, after I went on, there was then this sort of salactite cave and a bonfire, yep. Yep. and then I went through, and there was, I don't want to spoil the tone, because it was like a lovely surprise for me, but I came to at the other end, and it was just this open area, with a kind of theme of stuff, that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, it, yes, it reminded me of, okay, so this is the thing I did want to talk about tonight, actually, so, there's a thing that disappointed me about Dark Souls versus Demon Souls. Sorry, Gav, for we'll, we'll this, this, this is good for because I did see one of the questions on Twitter was just like, if I don't know, if I haven't played Dark Souls, will I be able to listen to Dark Daft Souls? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. It's just a funny name. Like, yeah, I, that's I, exactly. I, I couldn't it. give less of a shit about that. Heathen, heathen. So here's the thing I liked about Demon Souls. Right, it was. In, and the reason it's still my favorite, probably, is that it was so colorful. Like the definitive moments in Demon Souls for me are when you emerge in the storm of souls and manta rays are flying through the air. And not just manta rays, but you look at them and you go, wow, they're beautiful. And they shoot lightning at you. Yeah. You go, fuck! And you can't kill them and you run away. Right, I, I give more of a shit now. That's right. Awesome. Or like, there's a moment, like an aquarium yeah. hell. Well, there are, there are five worlds, right? And you can go in each of the five worlds and each of the five worlds has its own color palette, its own theme. Yeah. And they really push that theme yeah. strongly. Like, the poison world is the is to date, like, my favorite thing in any Souls game. Yeah, because you end up, especially what I liked about that was each little world in Demon Souls was like a self-contained story. Mm. To the point that, the thing about Dark Souls, I enjoyed Dark Souls, but I kind of like didn't think there was a story and I didn't care that there wasn't. And then I realized there was in retrospect, but when I was playing Demon Souls, it was like, especially that poison area, when I got yep. to the end of it and finished it. And you find out why. It was like, I wanted to know what was going on yeah. there. And yep. I really was like, what's the story here? Because it ends with like quite a heartbreaking bit. And I was like, what the fuck have I, what was that? Yeah, like, yeah. I just like in, in that area, you, uh, you go down to a lake and you're on the shores of the lake and it's pitch black and you realize in a great bit of game design, it's pitch black and you have to go into the lake and navigate even though it's total black water, black sky. 
But then while you're standing on the shore, you think it's like shiny sand, and it's de- and you look if you look at that texture closely, it's dead fish. Oh. And so all it is is that oh, it's the poison lake, obviously, because it does poison damage. Yeah. But also, if it's a poison lake, all the fish will be dead. Where would the fish go? Oh, they've all washed to the side. Oh. It's it's just great awesome. storytelling yeah. via a texture, and it's also a horrific moment if you're standing on it at the time. <laughs> well, what is that? Yeah, it's a, oh, <laughs> ah, yeah, it's great. And so yeah, but meanwhile, Dark Souls and what I'm disappointed to find out, Dark Souls Two is. Forest, castle, dungeon, cave. I was really disappointed with the start of it, and actually when I wrote, a pre- well not wrote, when I made a video preview about it, I didn't like that Forest of Giants at all, I thought it was really weak. Um, but now I'm further in, I am enjoying it a lot more. And I, th- I was going to say, that the area that, the tone of which I won't spoil, it's like really pleasingly borrows a lot from Dragon's Dogma. And that's quite interesting, that it's like, hey, because Dragon's Dogma I liked because it was a bit like Dark Souls. I like the area you're talking about, this is going to be so cryptic to our readers. Uh, readers? God, you started the regular features thing, calling, <laughs> calling listeners readers. Ah, uh, God, awesome. it's as if I listen to regular features. <laughs> um, Corrupting other people's minds. Uh, it's as if I, yeah, no, I'm not going to get into dirty, dirty, dirty. No, <laughs> but the thing I like about the area you're talking about is that um, it felt lived in. And like you could see certain sort of rock formations and then see how they'd been built on and... Which isn't a spot. You, you, no, I think I think yeah. I got away with that one. Yeah. Well, I just like the fact that there was a, a certain creature there where I had a moment where I kind of like these creatures scared the shit. You're out of You're talking about me. the horrible ones. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you find a den of them, and it's... yeah, that was the thing. Is basically they're these creatures and they're horrible and they're quite horrible looking. But I wasn't afraid of them because I discovered the first time I met them that they were terrified of fire. Mm. And so I was like, ha. Huh. So I was just walking around with this torch, like basing them into a corner as they ran away looking terrified and just basically cave their skulls in. And I was like, these guys are so easy. Yeah. And then I found a den of them. <laughs> and weirdly, when there was a lot of them... They're not scared anymore. They're not scared anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like that they all got a shared consciousness as well and just be like, right, you just caved my brother's head in. Well, no, it was more <laughs> the fact that they were like, well, they're kind of like temporarily a bit scared, but then they yeah. go... Hang on a minute. There's, there's of five us. of us. <laughs> <laughs> and there's only one of him. And then they started coming at me and they murdered me so quickly. Really? But then I had this point, and the reason I say it's like uh, Dragon's Dogma is there's enemies in this area that actually like kind of fire fire arrows at you, which isn't very effective. But then there's other enemies that throw jugs of oil at you. Oh, that is, was great. Which yeah. is like that is straight out of Dragon's Dogma. Mm. It's like literally a mechanic in the game that's really cool. And I like it shows that they've obviously played it and thought, hey, that's cool. That's we'll awesome. do that. Yeah. You know what's beautiful about it is it, it's so great when games do stuff that requires no explanation, you know, just like the fact that it nothing needs to tell you in in it that oh yeah. these creatures are afraid of fire like for me I didn't have a torch but when I encountered the den of them I noticed they wouldn't leave and they would sometimes run into they would leave their den into where it's lighter and then they'd yeah. run back in and like there's nothing in the game that has to say that nothing in the game has to tell you that oil burns yeah. well, that's the thing is I didn't even know it was oil I was just like this guy threw a thing at me and I was like oh god it's gonna hit me and it hits me and I'm like huh that didn't do my anything my legs are now yeah. it didn't do anything back. it just smashed and didn't do anything I was like what a loser. And then put my shield up, carry what on. What an forward. idiot. <laughs> this fire arrow hits my shield. The shield does nothing. I suddenly ignite and die. <laughs> it was oil. It was oil. And that was lovely. But it was this moment where I was like, I got to the den and I was like, no, it's a video game. Don't go into the den again because they <laughs> fucked you up last time. It's a video game. They're too big to come through the door. 
So I'm just going to stand outside the door. Oh, wow. And then, yeah. And let them get close. You shouldn't spoil what happens next. And then, yeah. And, yeah, and it, let's just say, like, it, it didn't go well. <laughs> but I know, I'm, I'm, there was a couple of elements in that area that really borrowed from uh, Dragon's Dogma. But that was the moment, that was a couple of moments on that bit where literally some stuff happened and I just went, <laughs> and, and it was just, yeah, it was horrible. But I am actually, I, I kind of don't, I'm playing it slowly because I'm trying to do a, a Dark Souls diary at the moment. Okay, right. Because uh, I know that lots of people are like, well, I really want to see you doing some stuff to do with it, but I'm not going to watch it because I want to spoil the game. So every day I'm recording a sense, little yeah. bit and doing a bit of voiceover. Like, mm. So hopefully when I've got to the point where I've got like maybe 10 days or something, I'll put it yeah. up as a thing. Just so I can sort of capture what I'm thinking about, but also like, yeah. It's neat because that moment of exploration and yeah. Plus it's just great to see. I remember watching Hypnotized, a playthrough of the expansion of Dark Souls because the person playing it was good at Dark Souls, but never, it was his first time through. Yeah. And hearing people panic and have no idea what's going yeah. on. It's a thing. It's a thing. But you know that something's going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's like, great. It's like watching it's someone else go through a fun house. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I'm, not doing it, I'm not doing it live, which I worry will spoil some of it. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's more the fact that I just like the fact I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And it's me talking about things in retrospect, saying, I think this might be something to do with this. Maybe I've got to get over here and working things out, but then being yeah. like, no, I was wrong. And... <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see how that comes along. Yeah. But I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I don't know what I think of it yet, but it's going to take me a long time to get there, I think. Well, we can all agree that it's I mean, it's great. It's a question of how where it exists in the trilogy as opposed to whether it's yeah. a worthy successor for me. Yeah, that's pretty much the long and short of it. Mm. It's a lot of fun. And to be fair, they did say about how it's like, we want to make it less complicated. And it's like, I kind of like the fact that stuff now, like, it doesn't speak in riddles with the item descriptions. No. Like, I think there's, a, like, the wolf ring. It was like, boosts counter in <laughs> Dark Souls. And it's like, what does that exactly mean? And now it's just like, it just says, does more damage with counterattacks from, like, standing. Then there's another paragraph of, like, fluff. Which yeah. Is, yeah. And it literally just being like, this is what it does. Yeah. Like, because you just get stuff in Dark Souls and you're like, I don't understand what that sentence means. <laughs> it's still like stuff like poise. Yeah. It's like, what's poise? Is that French for fish? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing that I've been really liking. Like, have you played much of the South Park game? No. Um, it's very, it. very flawed, but it's stupidly People have been telling me it's really, yeah, just entertaining from start to finish. It's, yeah, it's just like, it just takes the piss out of video games in general, like, and leaving all, like, the sort of censorship bollocks, like, to one side, like, it's just fun to play. Like, if you've ever played a video game in your life, like, there's a bit, uh, which is, this isn't spoilers, but there's a bit where you're on, like, a UFO, and you're walking around, and you keep finding these audio logs, and <laughs> it's just, it just, they're just perfect, because it's just such an amazing send-up <laughs> of audio logs going, in Oh, games. everything's fine. Like, everything's in there being like, oh, there's some weird cough. Yeah, like, well, it, it starts off, and it's just like, oh, like, about taking the piss, going, I don't know why I'm leaving this audio log. <laughs> I probably should be trying to get off the ship. <laughs> and then the next one, you'd be like, well, maybe I should leave one more audio log so you know where to go. And like, I don't know, it's like a perfect send-up of games, but at the same time, it's still a really, really entertaining game as well. But like, in terms of like RPG style, it really takes the piss out of that. Like, when you pick up like a new weapon, it'll have like something written. Like, it'll just be it's perfectly written by Trey Parker and Matt Stone. So it's like everything, everything is so intricately written by them that, that even though like, the descriptions and things like that are, are really, like, really, really perfectly paced. And exactly, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, no, that's awesome. It's, uh, it's, 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 I think it's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant game. I'm looking like, forward to playing it, yeah. yeah. It's funny because it is just supposed to be like a good 10 hours of entertainment and also a 10 hour RPG. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Like I, I think Bravely Default is bloody brilliant, yeah. but I still haven't finished it. I've got to the end yeah. game and I'm like, I can do this. It's only gonna take me another five hours or so, I can do mm. this. But it's like, oh. That's the thing, the pacing on South Park is just brilliant because you are contained in South Park 
uh, for a lot of it. But like, so you can pretty much see the entire map, but the way that it controls how you move around the map and where you need to go and what you need to do, it's really, really clever. And like, if, you know, I saw a lot of people looking at it the first time and going, oh, it's really small, it's bullshit, blah, blah, blah. But actually, no, it's not very small. Small's good. Yeah, exactly. I, I take that like linear and amazing over non-linear and bollocks. People forget, like, I, I kind of did it as well when I was playing Brody Default. I looked at the world map and said, oh, it's, not, it's not that big, is it? And it's like, no, but it's going to yeah. get to a point where it's going to want you to, like, dot all over the fucking yeah. place. So actually, I'd rather have it small so when I'm doing that, mm. I'm not going to look at it and go, oh, I'll do it some other time and never come back yeah, to yeah. it. Well, this is the bizarre thing I had with GTA V because it's like, it's not too big, but at some point, the size of it just becomes... Irrelevant. It's, yeah, it's like this. It's great when you find like it's great when you find a mountain path that you can drive a quad bike up yeah. really fast or whatever, or driving a bicycle down a mountain. Uh, but but just big stretches. I don't know. It's, we're, we're finally reaching the point I think where size is starting to become irrelevant as opposed yeah. to because there was a period like where you know Skyrim probably was the last. Skyrim's too yeah. fucking big. Okay. I mean, I played that for like thirty hours and I looked at the map and I'm like, I've only seen about a half of this map, if that, like maybe a third. Yeah. It's the it's the tipping point when you know you're a kid or maybe it was back in the day, but when you start a game, you go, oh, "There's so much to yeah. explore." And that stresses me out now. Like before yeah, no, GTA exactly. Five came out, like I was stressed for weeks before GTA Five came out because I was just like, I took a week off work because I was like, I'm not going to be able to do anything. <laughs> like the way I play games is like two hours after work and like sometimes during, but like I was just stressed and I could feel my like heart like palpitating just looking like when they release like <laughs> this is GTA 5's map be like oh, holy shit <laughs> don't want to um, do it do yeah. I have to do all of it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right like GTA 5 is massive but manageably massive mm, yeah um, it is but like it's just even like you can fly a plane across it turns out those plane flying missions are really boring yeah because uh, there's nothing in the sky oh you know what planes I'm not done talking about Luftrauser yeah the the thing about it as well is that you unlock um, you unlock modules it's just the same. It's the same game every time, and you'll yeah. die in a minute. It's a not dying simulator, and you, but then if you say like kill two bat, you'll have a mission which is kill two battleships this round, mm -hmm. which is impossible by mm. the way. But then if you do it, you'll unlock new parts, and you can always build your ship out of a, a weapon, a body, and an engine. And God, so what was I flying? Like you just you fly in nonsense stuff like has less health but uh, doesn't take damage from impacts, which means yeah. you can fly into stuff to destroy it. And then you, cool. you put a laser on it, and then you put the engine in that means you can fly underwater, but you'll bob back out. Yeah. And you and smash through battleships. It, it, Luftrasse is a game where you will fly into a battle, you'll drop a bomb on a battleship, follow the bomb, overtake the bomb as it's falling, fly through the battleship, bomb lands on the battleship and destroys it, and you come back out the water in the, like... In the wreckage of the battle. That sounds cool. It looks good as well, even though it's so lo-fi. But it, yeah, it's ridiculously impressive to watch. I think. And or, yeah, just it's it's like I mean, you might not like Nidhogg, but people. Yeah. You know, it's so great to have a game where when you get good at it, or just even when you're by yourself, you just know that was awesome. Yeah. When you're yeah, snaking yeah. out of certain bullets, yeah. like bullet hell shooters, I never got into because you don't look good play. I mean, you can, yeah. but Luftrauser, it's like. Every bullet you dodge, you look like a badass. That's right. Actually, yeah, I'd agree with that sense, that comparison to Nidhogg, actually. Because, like, if you dodge someone's attack in Nidhogg, you look badass as fuck. And that's exactly <laughs> the same with Lafrazer as well. Yeah. Like, well, it's almost like with Bullet Hell, it's to look, when the way you play it is you're not really dodging stuff. You're more just very slowly moving through an elaborate maze. Yeah, you're not actually like snaking out the way. Left a bit, right, right. A bit. Because it's like you're not just ever reactively dodging anything. You're always going, oh, fuck. 
and then you have to work out the exact path you need to take to get out of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it's usually like five or six moves. And like. the funny thing, but of course, bullet hell sheeters are meticulously made mm. so that there is one way through those webs of bullets. Yeah. But yeah. with love trousers, it's, it's all randomly placed enemies shooting yeah. randomly. So it's up to you to notice things. But just as well, the effect of gravity on it, where you'll fly vertically upwards with everything shooting up at you. And then you'll look at the web of bullets beneath you that's chasing you, which you can outrun slightly if you have the right engine. And you'll realize, hang on. You turn the engine off and you just fall like a stone through the bullets perfectly yeah. that you were running away from. Just before the water, you activate your engine again and snake off. And it's just... And Sounds cool. finally, cool. the other thing I have to mention as a selling point, because I need everyone to go and buy this immediately. Yeah. Every um, uh, module... I said you can build planes out of guns, bodies, and engines. Mm. Every part of the shape... Like, the gun affects the... I don't know, I don't know what exactly what it is, but the gun affects, like say, the bass line of the music. And the body affects the, you know, like the sort of treble. And then, so every song you play, the soundtrack is three parts. Yeah. So every possible one of the 120 different plane combinations leads to a different OST for the game. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's that exciting more than all the other stuff. Yeah. I, say, I think I, I put in our hangout the idea, I put the main track in yeah, the yeah, yeah. And it's ridiculously badass. Mm. It's very, oh, very cool. I can't cool. love Vita now. Yeah. Wow. Get it on PC? Yeah, it's on PC. It's, it's really good. PC yeah. as well. It works yeah. with a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. I'm going to. Buy it on the PC. So the best thing about it, if you go to the site as well, it's got the. It goes up uh, before you have a go. This is the original one, so you can have a little go with the original flash. Tiny game little well, silly yeah. flash game. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And but then you play it. And go, no, I'm going to pay my seven pound fifty. Yeah, for, yeah, I'm going to have a go on that. That sounds bad. I tell you yeah. what, though. Here's the thing. I don't know if it's worth the money because a, a game of it is only about thirty seconds long. <laughs> so I'm not Speed sure. Speed running in three seconds. <laughs> fly into the water yeah. immediately. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Um, but then I guess it's like in stuff like that I remember like having ridiculous arguments with people about Proteus and stuff which I just genuinely loved like Proteus is hooking up to like my giant TV in the house like sat as close as I could to it um, <laughs> I bought that for my, myself I played it for myself and I yeah. loved it but I bought it for my mum for Christmas and actually oh, awesome. I had a point where and this seems to happen a lot at Christmas now I go home and it's almost like I've been thinking about it all year and I have a game for each of my Family, okay, yeah, really, yeah, because my my family all play games a little bit, mainly because I've got them into them. But I, I and then I sit and because I don't have anything to play games on, I can't play yeah. games. I just sit doing nothing. Um, but I had my brother playing the Stanley Parable on his new What's laptop, it? and he was just loving that. It was blowing his mind. I had my dad playing XCOM Enemy Within. Really, upstairs. that's awesome. You've got a cool dad. And, well, no, he. My dad only ever plays like Command and Conquer games. He used to love them. Okay, right. He loved the Commandos series. He's one of the only people I know who's completed all three Commandos games. Because <laughs> wow. fuck me, they got hard. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he also likes Company of Heroes quite a bit. But XCOM, I got him into because I was just like, we used to play the original XCOM a little bit. Mm. And it was super hard, obviously, but we didn't get very far in it. But yeah, he loves the new XCOM. I knew he would. But mm. So he was playing Enemy Within. My brother was playing Stanley Parable. And, and for my your mother, Because <laughs> she loved, I bought a game for her that I hadn't played called Batata. Botanicular. Yeah. And it was adorable because I think What's she thought remember, it's like a it's kind of a really pretty point and click with okay. kind of um plant themes. Was it is it puzzles. made by the people who did Samorst? Yes, Samorost. Samorost? No, you're pretty right. Samorost. I don't know, but yeah, those guys. So basically it's like point and clicks where the puzzles are often abstract, but it's more about just enjoying the aesthetic of it, you know, yeah. being like, oh, this is lovely. But it's kind of adorable because she kept talking about that. I think she thought I'd played Botanicular and okay. I hadn't. I just looked at it and thought 
That's for her. She'll <laughs> love that. And so she kept telling me, she's like, oh, I love the bit with the thing that glowed and did this. And Your I was family's like, cool. Yeah, my family are pretty cool. But um, I loved her watch, just watching her playing Proteus and just watching her going, ooh. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, the, the funny things. And, and just... But then it was almost a shame because she did enjoy it, but I this was a, it reminded me how much of a disconnect I often have from from actual what people who don't play games are like is because I was like she'll be fine it's so easy you don't have to do anything but actually just the process of moving and looking, and looking yeah. just using the mouse to look and move she couldn't do both at the same time she okay, was just yeah. she'd move and then look move and then look and it was just like I was kind of like wow yeah like I always think to myself like anyone can do that but it's like no and she's been playing stuff like she loves Plants vs Zombies. They got my family. She likes plants. Yeah, plants. You are gendering your mother pretty heavily. Uh, <laughs> no, here's she, a nice game about plants. She doesn't you like scum. the violent stuff. She likes. Uh, well, it's not like all video games are plants or violence. <laughs> like <laughs> those are the two video games. Yeah, so. those are the two real genres. Fuck my mother. Do you want to play plants or violence? <laughs> <laughs> They're both good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's just have a couple of quick questions to okay. cap it off. So uh, we've selected a couple from the internet page, and I have lost it. To it was Twitter. Tweet tweet it was TweetDeck. Yeah. I should briefly say before we end, yeah. though, actually, I'm just going to say, super thanks to Mr. Simon Chong um, for making us the artwork for the podcast, so and much. also thank you very much to Mr. Vitaly Vit- Vitaly Zavadeska. Vitaly Zavadsky. Sorry. I, I, sorry. You yeah. guys made idiots of yourself yeah. trying to pronounce that name. You have a go. Super's alright for having a fucking stupid name, isn't it? <laughs> have a real name if you want us to pronounce it properly. <sighs> Zavadsky. Vitaly Zavadsky. I think that's how you say it, but yeah. we might be wrong. But yeah, he did the intro theme and the outro theme. Fantastic intro. He's outro. he's it's brilliant. Awesome, yeah, um, yeah I, I asked him a special favour to do it for us. And he did, because he's fucking awesome. Anyway. So, questions. Yeah, it was a thing when you played us that uh, Quinn's went, fuck, we're just, it, we're, nothing we do on this podcast is going to be as it's good as that. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so, first up from uh, Christian, Mr. Fighting JC, which Dark Souls boss do you think you could take in a bar fight? Oh, question for me and Matt. Well, it's got to be, yeah. there are some really frail looking ones. What about that guy in Dark Souls, which is made of bones? He's at the bottom of the catacombs, and he's like a big thing of skulls. Pinwheel. Skull. Pinwheel, that's it. He just kind of floats around. Well, he's rubbish. Yeah, if you punch him in the back of the head. I love the fact that within the Dark Souls community, there is a fantastic running joke of whenever you see somebody new playing it, you convince them that Pinwheel is (laughs) the the hardest hardest boss in the game. (laughs) And so they they then are so terrified of him that it just changes the experience completely (laughs) when he's a piece of piss. I'm going to say, this is an obvious one, but it's Ceaseless Discharge because... In the bar fight scenario, all you have to do is run away from him and he just falls over and kills himself. <laughs> right. Easy. Uh, on a similar vein, I don't know why people ask us questions like this, uh, Stuart asks us, what's the biggest animal you could knock out in one punch? That's one for you, Gav. Man. <laughs> the most dangerous animal of all. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that one. Why do they think we're fighters? I'm not a fighter. I'm a fighter. I fight things all the time. Why, what would you knock out with a punch? I was, I was saying to Gav before the podcast, I think man is selling himself short and cows are heavier. <laughs> if we're talking about like pound for pound, because the question is, what's the pound biggest? For pound. You guys are missing the words here. Biggest <laughs> animal... <laughs> I would, I'm just saying, right, if a cow did something that really upset me, 
I would go over there. I would just bam. What's back a of the car going to do? That's going to really upset Have you. Have you ever walked past a field that? You, well, you know those guys who like die by the way they, the way you might look at them, right? Have you seen yeah. that cows look at you when you you know walking past? I did have an experience recently. Actually, I was on holiday with my girlfriend, and I did really shit myself because we were walking through this field of cows, and we were straight in the middle of it. We were on holiday. Uh, Dorset. Okay, staying at my parents' little place, and. Uh, yeah it's a nice I, place can you endorse it oh wow. terrible Dan's real, real joke. winner of this question real joke <laughs> <laughs> halfway through this you field. just justified our soundtrack I think. Yes. well done yes <laughs> that's, that's where you get paid the big bucks um, yeah halfway up this field and I suddenly realised that we're not in a field of cows we're in a field of bulls oh wow oh that because I was going to take the fish but that is genuinely a spooky story it really scared me we carried on quite slowly and carefully but I was really frightened you went on the the attack and just punched out three (laughs) (laughs) I just beat the shit out of as many as I could it's like first day of prison (laughs) (laughs) show these guys boss otherwise they won't respect me um, Paul Scott Canavan uh, he's a very talented artist actually that guy he does awesome stuff this is a really good question but I wish that I'd seen it before before we came over yeah oh yeah that's a good point um, he says okay a simple one stop and it's a simple question in his mind which two video games would you mash together and what would the result be called well I'm going to help that's out with this one actually, question. because I had uh, an idea for a video game the other week okay. I don't know what the name would be but I like the idea of having a cross between Harvest Moon and um, a kind of zombie survival sim. Okay, yeah. In the so idea, you have to raise crops to feed a bunch of survivors. No, what you yeah, but what you do is you the waves would come at night and you'd have to like kill the zombies. But then you'd have to kill the zombies as quickly as you could at night, right? And then you have to use the rest of the night going around with wheelbarrows, collecting all the bodies, using the bodies of the zombies for fertilizers. Because you, wow. couldn't, you couldn't let any of the survivors know that you were using zombie right, bodies okay. to fertilize the crops. So then, in the, and then in the morning, everyone would get up and you'd have to do all the farming all day. But then you have to keep it a secret. And I'm guessing as the story would go on, like yeah. things would go horribly wrong because of the fact that you were using zombie corpses yeah. for the crops but that was an idea for a game I had that was quite weird and twisted okay that. I've got one that I, I was pretending to listen to you that entire time That's but actually thinking I was twice. panicking and thinking <laughs> what about a cross between uh, Cart Life and Hotline Miami so okay. you've got like an incredibly <laughs> scary sort of like hallucinatory sort of uh, 80s cocaine fueled world Whereby you know, but you're but you're not going around murdering people. You're just trying to like run a VHS rental shop or something. So like, but you just have really creepy walks yeah. home where you're just perennially high and you're just trying to get your job done. Yeah, you're achieving nothing but you know, sort of like survival and constant threat of death. Mm. I think that would be sort of it would be all the cool stuff about Holland Miami that makes it sexy, but also I would win like IGF and have like a lot of respect. Yeah. <laughs> See, the, I've always wanted to make like I remember playing Leisure Suit Larry when I was a kid. Like, and uh, hang oh, on, oh, no, like, you know, no, no, no. But the, the thing, the thing that I loved about him, I've never been able to get since, is um, like Kit it, jokes. No, no, no. Just I, I don't Women? think it, like things I haven't got as as well. Like the sort of dialogue things where you can unlock different things. And I had an idea for um, a, uh, a hostage negotiator game. Where it was like all it was is like Leather Suit Larry style dialogue things where you have a, to talk someone down. There was a DS game. No, no, no. That is a better. Yeah, why have you brought shame upon? Leather Suit Larry's better. 
<laughs> uh, no, there was a DS game where you played a hostage negotiator. Oh, okay. Or a GBA game. Never played it. It was like a Japanese thing, I mm. think. I don't even know if it got released. It's kind of like Phoenix Wright in the sort of Exactly. Like, it, yeah. it, the pitch for that was, it was, I had no idea what it's called, but it was mm. Phoenix Wright for police negotiators. I love Phoenix Wright. It's so unprofessional. It's like yeah. you're Jonathan Krieg and the police. Yeah. And <laughs> oh, the, the most lawyer? you get uh, legal guy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like in the day, you go and like look after your defendant in court. Yeah. And the next day, you go around talking directly to the police. Yeah. Visiting crime scenes, <laughs> talking to witnesses. It was like uh, Phoenix. Right, Phoenix. Right, uh, Press Layton versus Phoenix. Right. You'll absolutely love because a lot of the oh, Phoenix Wright stuff is brilliant. Because the, all the stuff outside the courtroom, you're Professor Layton. All the stuff inside the courtroom, you're Phoenix Wright. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. I didn't know this was being made. It's, it's out. It's possibly out. Wow. I wanna, is um, this from 3DS? 3DS? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll pick that up. It's brilliant. That but, makes more sense because yeah, yeah. I always felt like. I was always expecting the bit in Phoenix Wright where somebody would come and arrest you yeah. for massive misconduct. <laughs> yeah. and lawyer being like, dude, you're not supposed to investigate the crime. You just defend them as yeah. best as you can in court. But Pack it in, Phoenix. Yeah. Did you play Human Revolution? That's like Human no, Revolution. No, I didn't. No, no, no. It, yeah. has some, it's some re- it has some really great conversation where you're trying to talk people down. Where, yeah. like, you know how so often with games it's like, Here's the smart-ass choice. Yeah. Here's the the this is the level-headed choice. No, yeah. Deus Ex. It was like you're a badass. Here are three entirely badass. <laughs> but but one of them was a lot of time for that. That's no, it's, it's it's so it was um uh, like you, the first time it uses the system is you're mm. tr- a guy is holding a hostage and you have yeah. to try and save her and you can yeah. fail. Okay. And uh, and you your options are first off you can try and appease him by saying like. You're smarter than this. The police want you to kill her, so that or like the person who hired you wants. Okay, to. right. Yeah, this yeah. option number two is like try and essentially be a sort of like father figure and browbeat him and say you are an idiot. Let go of her because you're going to ruin your life. Yeah. And option number three is like I can't even remember. Try and distract him, but it's like any one of them you're going to come through that scene looking like a badass. Yeah. Yeah, okay, but cool. somebody might die. Yeah. But, you know. yeah and it's just so scary. Love it's that a good game. game. Love it's that game. game. Mm. Playing um, through with the director's commentary. I saw recently there was a Tumblr that popped up, which was just somebody uh, taking screenshots of all of the ceilings. In yeah, I saw that today. Yeah. Oh my god! And yeah, they're all beautiful. <laughs> the art design, and they get, I've met. The, have you met the art design? Yeah, he, they, they, he, because he's like really like good at interviews. They put him in every interview they can, clearly. But he's also just so good at his job. He's the, a boss. He's uh, he's one of the few people actually. And I often talk. Uh, if you've watched any of the stuff I do or anything, I often talk about how much I really don't like interviewing um, developers because often you just, they just talk bollocks and they don't tell you anything <laughs> interesting. And you go around in circles and realize you're wasting your life and wasting their life. But he is a massive exception, actually. Every time I talk to him, he really gets art design, he really gets culture, he really gets game design. He's fucking cool. I'd love to see what he's doing next. And he was the basis for Adam Jensen's face. He used to, yeah. be, he used to be a male model. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Like, yeah, he's, he's got uh, the, whole, the whole package. He's got it going on. Um, and finally, from Richard Pilot, where will we get it from? Get what? I'm like, presuming he means sex. this podcast. <laughs> we're gonna get it. From. Why did your head go to sex? <laughs> we're not gonna get it. Because oh. I was thinking, where am I gonna get it from tonight? <laughs> not wow. No, no. I know you've been around my house two nights in a row. Yeah, and you better put out on the second one. I've made you dinner <laughs> two nights in a row. I'm not putting out. You made me dinner, and you've given me this really nice hair product to take home with me. <laughs> sure, like, yeah. I feel like an Avon girl. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Well, I'm guessing if you've already got this one, you've got this one. <laughs> on, yeah, I was thinking, Somewhere. this is really clever of Matt that he's put a question at the end where we can tell people how to the question. No. No, this doesn't make any sense. It made sense in my head when we were preparing the question. Why don't you run through the options? Because maybe they've acquired it, but not in the most efficient way. No, that's true. Ah. Okay, so I know this is going to be on SoundCloud. <laughs> I know this will probably be on YouTube as well. Okay. Just because it's easy to do that. 
And um, I'm going to try and get on iTunes as well. I've realised that making podcasts is a pain in the dick in terms of getting them actually online. But chances are, by the time you listen to this, it will be both on SoundCloud, iTunes and YouTube. But if you are listening to this and you do like it, then uh, do us all a lovely favour. And at least just, if you, just even if you hate iTunes like me, just click on the iTunes link. Because that'll probably do something with the algorithms that will shoot us up the charts. Yeah. And if you have got iTunes, I just had to install it to make this into a podcast. Do give us a little review. Yeah, I've stopped, like I stopped ages ago on every podcast I appear on trying to even understand the crazy iTunes algorithms. Oh, no one understands it. But all but that matters is if you like it. I'll tell you what, though, the reviews work. Really? Shut up and sit down. Beat Gardener's World last time I asked. Uh, Fuck Gardener's World. Exactly. Yeah. We beat the shit out of Gardener's well, World. Well, this is what we talked about on regular feature podcast. Unfortunately, we d- didn't know how long we were doing regular features, so we all wrote joke reviews for regular features. Oh, really? Now they're the top ones when you go on fucking <laughs> iTunes. Yeah. When you go on iTunes, the top two are by Matt and Steve. Yeah, we thought it'd be funny, but then we didn't realise that they'd stay they stay forever. They'd stay forever. So, like, yeah. Almost three years later, <laughs> they're, they're, they're the top them. ones. You can't get well, we could delete it, actually, but it's funny anyway. So. <laughs> anyway, we will be back in two weeks with another episode of Daft Souls. It'll be me again and maybe some other people slightly. We don't know who's it going to be. Have to see us free. But uh, yeah, I've been joined by Quentin Smith. Hello, and thank you so much for listening. Yeah, and check out Shut Up and Sit Down if you like board games or if you don't like board games because board games are fucking awesome. And Mr. Gavin Murphy. Hello, bye. You got anything you want to on a plug? No. no, I'm sick of plugging stuff. <laughs> like, I think it was th- today, like somebody said, when I said, Oh, I'm going to be on another podcast. And some friend who's not in the industry was like, Oh, wicked, something else you can fucking whore out every week. And I was like, Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> thank you. Bye. And goodbye.